Absolutely. I would say to anyone listening to this, remember that you're already perfect. You're receiving all these messages through advertising, through well-meaning adults or other people that you have a lack, that you aren't good enough in some way, but you are already perfect the way you are right now. And if there's a change that you want to make in your life, don't get too obsessed with the result. Don't feel too overwhelmed. Just take the smallest step that you can take and learn to learn to really love yourself and trust yourself. And you will be able to show up entirely different in life. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, come on in. Is that time to give us get some motivation, inspiration, get fired up, and let's do something where we can learn how when life comes and kicks us in the teeth, that we can still have a good life, okay? We can use this information, do the old pay it forward, right? Help someone else in the future uh, from there. So today, we're going to talk about um, this guy, our guest. We're going to talk about some loneliness, depression, but how he was able to find his meaning of life. So welcome to the show. Click this button again here. Mitch Hawkins. Hankins. Thank you so much, Hankins, Not Hawkins. Hankins. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Hey, I'm glad you're here. And out in San Diego, you said, swimming. Yes. We In my my part of the world, in uh, Tennessee, it's not that we would do the polar diving thing. It's not that cold yet. But I wouldn't want to play in the waters over here at uh, 45 and 50 degrees. <laughs> I'll take it. That's actually part of my morning routine. The first thing after I get out of bed, because I'm a completely sober, normal person, is mm-hmm. I jump into 47 degree water and sit in it for three minutes oh. to wake up. So, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. No, thank you for me. I'd be freezing <laughs> out here, buddy. So, all right, Mitch. So, uh, appreciate you coming on again and uh, sharing your valuable time with us. And what I would do here is uh, I'm going to let you uh, take it. You pick us up where you we need to be with you and. Tell people I'll throw my two cents in, which the inflation means it's a nickel's worth, uh, but we know it's still valued at two cents. So, I love it. Yeah. All so right. the name is the name is Mitch Hankins. I am a uh, cloud certified full stack software developer, and I turn into a coach, speaker, and writer. And the way I made that journey is by having a very specific goal in mind, where I was very ambitious. You know, I had a lot of drive in me. And I wanted to get to a point of financial freedom. It wasn't that I wanted to have a lot of wealth, like get a fancy car and necessarily get a fancy house or all these things and, you know, kind of flashy. I just wanted that freedom so badly. And, you know, the closer I got to that goal, the more I realized that there's a lot more to life than wealth. There's a lot more meaning to be found. And I just felt empty. And I started really going deep. You know, of course, this is summarized. This took me years and years and years to learn. But through coaching, through therapy, through doing a lot of introspective work, I discovered I was lonely. And I discovered for the first time in my life that anxiety had ruled me all my life. And that the reason I didn't have any meaningful goals or meaningful friends or, um, you know, true meaning in my life was because depression and anxiety ruled it. And that's really when I started doing that work. And the moment I did that, 
the moment I had the courage and the vulnerability to show up as my true self and learn to get better at that every single day, I started attracting the right people. I started doing the right things. And all of a sudden, I started waking up with, I would say, excitement more so than a sense of dread and doom. And I would say that that is really my message. And I hope a lot of what we'll be talking about today is how I made that journey and why I made that journey. Well, it's easy today, especially us getting out of the lockdowns and COVID. We can get out and start spreading and meeting new people again, meeting the old people again. You know, so being locked down and told not to get out and do anything, it's easy to get lonely. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it's a, we already live in a somewhat isolated world, right? Such an individualistic world where um, for most of our, our, our natural development as a species, we were very communal. We were very uh, contribution based. We were very um, group oriented and, the rise in technology is amazing because it's given us better health and it's given us better care and a lot of social care, but it's also come at a cost. And when Corona hit, it made that even worse because now we had all these ways to connect with people like through social media or through zoom meetings, but they don't trigger the same physiological um, mechanisms in our body that in-person contact us. Like having a Zoom call with someone is not the same as being in person, seeing them and being able to touch them. And that I think is the tough part about Corona where we really realize like, like, oh, wow, we have all these ways to connect, but it's like eating McDonald's every day. It's not going to sustain you. What uh, I, I didn't think about it uh, with this until it was, you know, I brought it up watching uh, some part of the news and reading, but uh, these kids wearing these masks have have hard times now learning the face languages, you know, and seeing because they're hidden behind there. So you know, you, you couldn't tell if the kid was sad, happy, you know, what's going on, and and now because they were so young, didn't experience that, they're having to play catch up with that now uh, from their face recognition on on emotions and stuff like that. So there, yeah. we were. We were hurt so much by this lockdown. Um, I mean, understanding we didn't know what was going up, going on with this. Understanding, so I can't not blaming anybody. But uh, so much uh, happy uh, didn't happen too too good for us. And yeah, and like you said, Absolutely. it's so much easier now. Even even today, you know, we're out of and still have these webinars, but it's still just not the same as reaching out and shaking hands with somebody and yes. meeting them and. And then being in the crowd or being in the audience, if someone's on stage presenting is different. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And there's so much that happens during our development. You know, there's, you know, this concept of synaptic pruning where we know now through advances in modern neuroscience that our brain are, are, you know, it's referred to as neuroplasticity where our brains aren't fixed. They're changing our entire lives, but they are, the vast majority of the neural pathways are laid, you know, during our infantile years. And then synaptic pruning occurs where the brain removes all these pathways that aren't being used. And it's a massive change in the brain. So when you take away child development, when you take away that aspect, that is going to affect decades of people's lives and everyone they interact with. It's like ripples in a pond, you know, those ripples connect with each other. They bounce off the, the pool over of the, uh, the edge of the pond and they interact 
with everything else they come in contact with again. And it's the same with people, like everyone you interact with, you know, it creates that ripple effect and it's exponential. So there's so much um, impact on people's development and that's going to, I think, affect generations to come. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm afraid it's, of course, we're still young too, but I'm afraid we're going to find out more how it's affected us than, or the youth, youth, I'm not, maybe not me as much, but the youth, yeah, is as we grow older and find out as they're developing, like you said. So, yes. All right. Now let's go back to you with the anxiety, the loneliness. Uh, How are you, uh, how are you when you're finally realizing something just isn't normal? I mean, because you're going to school, I'm assuming you're playing the game around other people, happy, go lucky. uh, But then when you get by yourself, something's different you know i would say yes and no to that people Mm -hmm. could tell that i would say something was off like i remember one time you know just to give an example i sent out an email to my closest friends my family my coworkers, uh my leadership um anyone who's ever been in a position of authority or leadership over me and in the email i basically said as you know i'm very self-focused or self-improvement focused And I would just like your feedback, like, tell me what's good about me, but please tell me what's also not good about me and don't hold back. Like the more honest you are, the more I can grow. Exactly. And one of my friends who I considered to be very vulnerable with, and I considered to be quite open with responded by saying that when he just got to know me, he felt as though I had walls up so high that he didn't even know whether I had emotions at all. And a lot of people compared me to, you know, robots where they said if like somebody acted robotically on TV or they saw like a cartoon with a robot, they would say like, Hey, that's you. Mm-hmm. And then I realized like, Oh wow. The image we have about ourselves is completely different than the image that other people have about us. And, you know, if you t- say that to someone, they'll be like, yeah, I, I can see some truth in that. But when you really get direct feedback from friends, no, like we know with nothing held back, you will be taken aback about, you know, what, what, what perception other people have of you. And of course that perception isn't based on reality. We all are the star in our own show. We all perceive the world as a movie and we are the main character and everybody else is secondary character and we have opinions and, you know, we, most of the time those aren't even true about other people. So what other people may not even be true about you, but it can help you, um, it can help you reflect on how you show up and what kind of influence you have, what kind of impact you have. And so when I got that feedback, I was really kind of taken aback where I knew that I was very analytical. I knew that I had a lot of um, repressed emotions because a lot of them were bad. And that's kind of the defense mechanism I built, um, you know, stemming in in trauma where that kept me alive and that felt safe for me, but I had no idea it, it was to that extent. So if you were to ask me, you know, what was that changing point? Well, it was getting that feedback from friends where I was perceived totally different than I thought I was. And at that point I thought, well, maybe it's time for me to go to therapy. And I talked with that therapist a lot. I was very open. And he said, you know, Mitch, you have all these grand goals, you have all these financial goals and you telling me you still feel empty. And he said, I don't think it's so much that your goals are wrong or that you're achieving them and something's wrong. I think you're just really lonely and you don't realize it. And it took me a while to marinate on that, but that's when I realized he's right. 
you know, I've been living in the future. I'm stuck in the past and I'm forgetting to live in the present. I'm forgetting to make connections. I'm forgetting to experience life, to do things that make me happy. And that was really the turning point in my life. Now I'm going to plug my little uh, course I got here, mini course. Everybody to go to my my uh, website, uh, professorperseverance.com, and you can find out where I have the mini course. It's called uh, Your Past Doesn't Have a Future, But You Do. Create Your Future Today, which we talk about how to step out of your past, be in your presence, prepare for your future. So, man, you stumbled, you stumbled in that uh, pretty good for me there, uh, Mitch. So, all right, yes, that was, that was another question I was going to ask. Uh, after getting this review, and see, that would be tough. That's where you've got to know yourself and have that much confidence, I guess, in yourself that you want to hear the truth with other people see of you, think of you. Because uh, I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of people that don't see the best of me that I, that I see the best of me. And I don't know if I'd want to hear it from anyone else, but it is a great idea for self-improvement because you, you rarely, well, I'm going to say rarely you see your weaknesses or you see too much of it. I don't think there's a fine line in there. I don't, I don't think so. All right. So you, you went seek some counseling, some help mm-hmm. and helping you with this. Do, do you think any of it also in, uh, revolved around, did you have like low self-esteem growing up? Yes. And I overcompensated for that quite a bit too. You know, I grew up, I would say in a rather masculine environment. A lot of images I had around masculinity were don't share your pain. You're responsible for that. Suck it up. Don't complain. Uh, Keep pushing forward. You know, if something hurts, ignore it and find some some dirt on it. Yes. Rub some dirt on it or pee on it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And Ironically, of course, those are some of the greatest tools in my in my uh, in my toolbox, like, you know, getting in that ice bath in the morning, you know, those sorts of things like I have learned to really push myself a lot farther than my body thinks it can. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, there's also the other side, you know, there's um, there's the side of. Of ignoring certain signals. I I remember this was once said to me where, you know, when you feel pain in your body, like when you stub your toe and your toe hurts, it's your body telling, don't use this toe for a little bit. I need to heal it. Mm -hmm. And when your mind is giving you pain, you have psychological pain, like loneliness or depression or anxiety. It's not your body saying, ignore this and go on in the other direction, find distraction. It's your body saying, Hey, something's wrong. Pay attention to me and become introspective, like wonder about it, fix it. And, um, it took take, quite a bit of courage, I would say, yes. Um, and it does root and it is rooted in that lack of self-confidence growing up. You know, I knew at some point I was like, this is enough. I've endured so much suffering. I've seen so much suffering. I've had it. I'm putting my foot down. I'm going to make a change. And that's of course, when I started building confidence, I don't think I had as much of it when I started that journey. And that's Mm -hmm. something people always think like, oh, you need to have discipline to work out every day. Like, oh, you need to have motivation to achieve your goals. Like, no, you just need to take a small step and the motivation and discipline will follow. It's the result of action. You know, it doesn't precede action. It follows action. It's the result of it. And, you know, that self-confidence that I really lacked as a child, as a young adult, um, that 
was of course very much like cultural programming. What adults were telling me, you know, they're telling me you're a bad kid. Like you're not smart enough. You can't do this. You can't sit still. You can't focus. You can't do math. You can't do that. And I started internalizing all of that. And I had a very warped view of who I was as a person. Like I was very out of touch with my intuition, which is why I became so logical and analytical because I didn't trust my own emotions. I didn't trust my instincts. And, um, you know, when it comes to self-esteem, I've really learned that confidence and self-esteem is about trust. Like, I'm sure you've heard the terms, hopefully I can recall them, but I think it's epistemic confidence. And I forget what the other one is, but one is essentially where a type of confidence that's kind of bloated, where it's like, oh, I'm great. I can do anything. And the other confidence, I think it's endemic co co uh, confidence is where you simply trust yourself to do the right thing. And you can't guarantee that the right result will occur, but you trust that you will act properly within your authentic self within your core values. And that is the confidence that I discovered because I lacked it at first. Yeah. And I uh, was going back to, Hey, AJ, thank you for coming in, man. Hope Brittany's doing well. Tell her said, Hey, <laughs> and, uh, Hey, AJ, this is Mitch over here telling his story. All right. So, um, yeah, I want to go back to, uh, when you uh, was with your therapist and saying, you know, you, think that you you're lonely and whatnot and mm -hmm. so i'm sure y'all developed a plan on how to ease into because i wouldn't think that you just jump into the 47 degrees uh, cold cold bath just jumping in all of a sudden i would think that you're slowly dipping your toe and getting mm -hmm. adjusted and building confidence and then you're getting your foot a little bit further and till you're fully emerged so i would think the same thing here is uh, you just don't jump into going to a bar and say, I'm here, I'm ready. I mean, I, I have, I'm just guessing it was a, it was a ease into things and, and, yes. and, and going further. Absolutely. Yeah. You're so right, doctor. I learned to take small steps. Oh, hold on, I, Mitch. Hold on me. But don't use doctor for me. Like, uh, cause I, I can't write out a prescription for you, but I can drive you to your local pharmacy if you need me to. So you don't get hung up on the doctor. Just James is good for me. So, all right, go Let's ahead. Let's do that. So, yeah, James, it, it was really about taking it slow. Like, of course, I couldn't just walk out of that therapy office and bear my chest to anyone, like bear my soul to anyone. You know, I had to learn to trust myself first. And that was small steps. So, you know, the way I really got started is by finding people I trusted and confiding in them. Like I remember uh, I lived in Columbus at the time when I was in therapy. And I remember I had a very dear friend there um, who lived a few houses down. And a lot of the time we would walk down to the park together with our dogs and we'd have great conversation and uh, oh, go get dinner or things like that. But, you know, on this one occasion, I remember sharing a lot of my past with him, like sharing the struggles that I had and my abuse. And the response that I got was completely different from other people that I've gotten in the past. They were the responses I had gotten before. A lot of times were either uh, minimizing, like as if I didn't have a right to feel the way I did, or I was laughed at. And so my experience was not to share. And what I learned from that encounter is I have to find the right people. I have to find the right people that I can authentically be me with and not necessarily always dig up the trash from the past, mm -hmm. but people that will support me and understand me, or at least try to. And that was a small first step where I started slowly, slowly, slowly talking to people. I started 
opening up a little bit more. And I just did, took the smallest step I could. And I asked myself, what is the smallest thing I can do today? And that could be, you know, when I was re feeling really anxious or really sad, that could be just getting dinner with a friend. Like the old Mitch would have said, no, isolate yourself. I would be like, you know, like a sick dog laying in a corner, yeah. isolating themselves. And instead of doing that, I just asked myself, what is the absolute smallest thing I can do? Is it just going to a friend's house? Is it just sitting on the porch for a little bit? And then I noticed that over time, I was able to take bigger and bigger steps. And I can't really create a roadmap for anyone else. I can't say anybody that felt the same way as I did, go do a dinner with friends or go find a sports activity. It's really something that you can only answer for yourself. Like what is the smallest step that you can take that will, that will bring you just an inch closer to your goal? Yeah. That, you know, we're all different. So we all take our own amount of time to recover or however move forward in life. And uh, yeah, from there. So uh, yeah, what's worked for you is not necessarily going to work for someone else, but the concept will, like you said, we're going to a dinner with someone was a big step for you going to a ball game, going to a yes. movie, going out and just taking a nice brisk walk with your yes. dog, you know, yes. so it could be, but the concept's still the same taking, yes. just taking a step. Okay. And uh, the other thing I want to mention earlier, you mentioned people said, you know, you got to get some motivation, get that motivation in your life, get some discipline in your life. Uh, you can get all that you want to. I can turn on YouTube. I can turn on the music. I can turn on a powerful speech and listen to mm -hmm. it. But if I don't take action, none of it's any good. Absolutely. So uh, that's that's the thing is uh, you just got to take action. You don't need all this other raw raw behind you, even though a lot of it's great. I can I can always get fired up with some Eye of the Tiger from Rocky. Oh man. Or I'm I'm dating myself with this, but Queen, we are the champion. Oh or, yeah. Or another one rocks uh the dust, you know. Uh yeah. so uh yeah. I can get some fired up on some some stuff like that. I would I tell you what's a beautiful song and it gets me going. It's uh you I, you may not even heard of Jim Neighbors that played uh Gomer Powell singing mm -hmm. um Oh, what is he singing? it's awesome. So um I'm sure I've heard of it. I love I yeah. love old music, so I'm I'm sure I've heard of it if I heard it play. Yeah, he was in some contest in the private, you know, uh, Gomer Pyle, and mm -hmm. he was singing it. Uh, I can't name thinking of the song. Somebody hey, put it out there, yeah, Gomer Pyle. What was he singing? But still, just he's he's goofy as he is in his portraying the in the show. He had this strong voice and everything, hmm. and, uh, and and singing. So, but yeah, uh, yeah, I can get all fired up with all that. But again, if you don't take action along with it, then it's just real good music. Yes, absolutely. I I I could not agree more. You know, it's it's so important to actually get started and just take a small step. You know, you don't you don't got to jump in the water. Just put your toe in. That's right. So, all right. So, so now, what kind of um support system did your family support and you mentioned this i don't want to get deep and down it's up to you but you slid in some abusive that took mm -hmm. place okay yeah. so would you slide that in there i don't i don't want to dip in and you go as far as you would like uh but i'm assuming if the abuse system that you took didn't help your self-esteem at all okay a lot of people would you know it, it helps their confidence and everything like that so with that going on, 
did you have a you, did you have an adequate support system? Mom and dad, brother, sister. Did you not find it until you found this therapist when you went seeking? How, what happened there? Yeah, sure. I, that's a great question. You know, and I'm an open book. Um, you know, t- generally during these talks, I I give the amount of depth, um, not so much that I'm comfortable with, because I'll, you know, I, I've I I talk about these things very openly. I'm very involved in these sorts of topics. Um, but my main aim is absolutely um, trying to get other people to make the same journey as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way that I grew up just to create the context is with an incredibly hardworking father. He was born and raised in Mississippi, emigrated to the, or to the Netherlands, um, because due to the air force, he was deployed there. Um, met my mom, they started a family. So for the first 20 of my years of my life, I lived in the Netherlands. I was born and raised there. And my dad was, Again, very hardworking, very family oriented, but simply never really developed the ability for any kind of emotional connection. I would say mm-hmm. a deep, meaningful emotional connection. So he showed well, up. Well, you me- mentioned a little bit of that with the uh, get over it, move on, spit on it, piss on it, let's go yeah. get over the emotions. And, you know, that's how pretty much how I was raised as well is bo- uh, men or boys don't cry. Let's go. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yes. yeah. So I understand what you're talking there. All right. So now I understand where you got this from with your dad. Okay. Yeah, that that's, that's pretty accurate, you know, and he showed up any way he could, um, you know, like he built, if I wanted a desk, if I wanted my room to redecorate it, like he was very good with tools, you know, he, he did all sorts of stuff any way he could show up. But in that area, um, unfortunately there was a lack and I've accepted that, but, um, mm-hmm. that, that is what it was. And, um, my mom is a very loving, uh, very kind woman, but also <laughs> same mentality. Suck it up. Keep oh, wow. Two of them. Um, two of them. Yeah. Both yeah. my parents are hard ass. Usually. Yeah. Usually one is the tough one. The other one's the comforter usually. Uh, but, uh, I mean, which that could be good having both of them like that. Uh, cause that means you're going to be headstrong when anything comes to you. Okay. Uh, yeah. it could be. Really good if you're an athlete to get over whatever fail you had and get ready for the next thing. So absolutely, but, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, but I, I am surprised to hear both. Okay, yeah. My mom has a lot of caring, caring attributes. You know, she always engaged me in philosophical uh, um, debates. She treated me like an adult when I was a kid, when nobody did, which I very much appreciated. There's way many more good things to her than bad but yeah, she did yeah, have yeah. this image of wanting a perfect family because she didn't grow up in one and you know so she had a very um set way of how she perceived family and reality and and it was you know kind of her story that um um and her views of of how things should be and you because know that, she grew up in that environment right and and yeah that yeah yeah i got you to um to again, somewhat get disconnected from my own instincts, even though she also helped me develop a lot of that. And as you said earlier, um, you know, having that headstrong mentality for my parents really prepared me for um, a lot of the trauma I experienced. And, and I think helped me build those mechanisms to, to move through that. Um, and so my support system, it was kind of there. It was just not um, reliable in the sense that I didn't feel like I could really openly and honestly, truthful, truthfully be me because I would just kind of get shot down or minimized. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. And I didn't feel comfortable speaking up. So, um, but then you wouldn't, you wouldn't get anything in return. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I understand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and 
during uh, my teenage years, I um, was sexually abused and um, trafficked and in my later teenage years as well, emotionally and physically abused. So, yeah. um, you know, those are kind of themes that stay with me because I'm sure, you know, you know, your body gets addicted to certain, you know, emotional states, right? Even if they're bad for you. Um, which is why, you know, some women may keep attracting an abusive partner or like some men may keep attracting a certain type of, uh, partner that's, yeah. that's not, I, you know, perfect for them in the long run. And, and that's kind of the pattern I was in for a while where I didn't, I didn't seek out the best for me, um, because that's not what I was used to. Um, yeah. And, and you were still getting some type of reward system that you really, I mean, you, you didn't really want it, but this is the way you knew to get it. Yes. Yeah. So yes. yeah, I understand that. Now, uh, how old were you when you first, well, I don't know about first, but uh, you're realizing this and you're seeing your therapist then. So that was probably about um, that journey started, I would say about uh, two or three years ago. Okay. All right. Um. So pretty, pretty recent. Of course, I feel like a different person. You know, I've been, mm-hmm. I would say reborn multiple times in my life. Um, I definitely, well, I, can, I can tell talking with you and I'm looking at you, the smile you got, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the face is just lighting up telling this mm-hmm. story. Uh, and, and part of it's got to be, you know, that your trial and tribulation, your suffering is you're hoping it, uh, to pay it forward to help someone yes. else. And yes. the, that's a great reward, uh, yeah. knowing that. And you got, I got to tell you, I'm sure you already heard it, that, uh, somebody's going to get something out of your talk, whether it's through my podcast, wherever else, but you'll never know anything about it. Yes. Yeah. So, that, that makes it all worth it. Yeah. And, and then there's going to be times you're going to find out someone's going to seek you out. They're going to send an email. They're going to, however, they're going to let you know that you have, but again, don't get all wound up if you never hear anything about it. Cause I did that one time when I, after my injury, and uh, I was trying to help other people and spinal cord injury and whatever. And I'm going, I ain't helping anybody. <laughs> and it's like God comes and kicks you in the teeth and the butt when, when that happens. And uh, I had two people within, it was about a year difference that mm-hmm. um, they came to him. They both had basically the same story. One's a woman uh, and a man. But both of them come up to him and says, hey, I read your book. I'm just letting you know that it's going to help me. And then I asked both of them to say, and again, it's a year apart now. And I asked both of them the same question. Hey, how did you get my book? Did someone refer to you? You stumbled across it. You hunt motivation and my book come up. Uh, find it laying in a gutter somewhere. Someone threw it away. And uh, and then here's where if I wouldn't have talked with them, I wouldn't have known this, that um, they were both locked up in the county jail that I live in. And they found my book is in the county jail library. That's amazing. So, That's really amazing. So as I'm saying, you, you, uh, I was fortunate enough to find that out because I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Uh, but there's going to be times it's, again, you're not going to know when you're helping someone, but you just have to trust the system, trust the way things go and how you're spreading your message that somebody is getting help. Thank you, James. I, I appreciate just, that. Yeah, just letting you know that. So, Thank you. All right. Hop in again. I just wanted to jump in and let you know that. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And 
so you know because of those experiences um yeah what i was used to the things i sought out in life well that explains a lot of the anxiety and depression right i don't think it takes a mastermind to connect the dots and for me um a lot of that was suppressed so i couldn't really i couldn't really connect those dots as easily and it took me about 30 years to do that because I disowned that part of me. I considered it weak and I considered it something to be vanquished. And of course, now I've learned to embrace that part of me and to love it and to um, smother it with kindness instead of trying to extinguish it. And because of that, now I can show up that way for other people too. And, you know, I'm always reminded of, um, I forget exactly which book it's from or which um, uh, part in the Bible, but it goes, Lord, here I am, send me. And now I know that I don't have to plan anything. I just have to let the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, send me in the right direction where I just speak what I believe to be true. And everything follows from that, you know? Um, And that's, I think, what I've really learned that we don't control our next heartbeat. heartbeat. We don't control our next breath. Um, It's all an illusion. The only thing we control is not even our thoughts, but it's how we respond to those thoughts and what we do with them. And I learned to, you know, surrender is a lot of the times, it's, especially for men, it's a very painful word. Um, but I learned to really trust the process and to do what feels right, to, to surround myself with the people that feel right. And I never would have discovered that if I hadn't been through all those traumatic events. Um, you know, I probably would have lived, I, I don't want to say a regular life as if that's bad in any way, but I, I would have left, I lived, I think, a less challenging and a less, for me, meaningful life where mm-hmm. now I get to say, yes, these things suck. Yes, they shouldn't have happened. Yes, they were done by terrible people. Um, nobody would want that for someone. And yes, they influenced my development and so much of my life. It took so much from me away, so much pleasure, so much enjoyment and so much excitement, so much hope for the future. But they also gave me meaning. Um, It's like you said, now I can make a difference in other people's life. And if I do that for one person, then for me, everything I've been through is worth it because these things are for a long time, unfortunately, going to be a part of the human species, you know, these, this, these types of suffering, whether it's abuse or whether it's, um, you know, what type of abuse that it's, it's going to be with us for a long time. And we need people to stop ignoring it and to stand up for it and to show compassion to each other. Like no matter how small or how big these transgressions are, you know, they're occurring every minute of every day. And we need to f- be comfortable enough with us to be able to say, um, you know, I don't like this. I want to change this, or I don't want to be involved in this. And again, you do that by getting to know yourself, trusting yourself, building that self-confidence and building a community around that, that resonates with those values. And then I think a lot of life changes, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, just killing time by watching TV or being bored and drinking or uh, smoking weed or taking drugs or, you know, just all these different ways that we self-medicate and distract ourselves, scrolling through our phones, you know, working too much. Um, But then, you know, what happens when you're on your deathbed? Like, what are you going to say to yourself? What are people going to say at your funeral? Like, did you live the life that you really wanted or are you going to have all these regrets? And I just want to shake people and be like, wake up, 
Like time is running yeah. out. Today could be your last day. Like make it meaningful. I'm going to give you a, a, a book you can, you can go get now. Uh, it's by W. Mitchell. Mm-hmm. He's become a mentor to me. Um, he wrote a book and it's called, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do about it. Oh, I love that. I'll have to and look that up. He, he in the, but I think it was like 1969, he was ride, dry, uh, riding his motorcycle and he got hit uh, by, on, uh, by uh, another automobile and his motorcycle caught on fire. And uh, he burnt, got 60% of his body burnt. Wow. Uh, his face, he lost his fingers and thumbs. So his hands are pretty much like mittens and, mm-hmm. and the rest of his body, but 60% was burnt. So after years of the burns and the um, skin grafts and stuff like that, he, I think it was like four years later, was trying to learn to fly, you know, one of them small planes, Cessna planes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he had a couple of people on there, on there with him. He said he got up in the air. And something wasn't right, so he would come back to land because something wasn't right again. And so when he went to land, the plane bounced and everything like that, but they made it stop. And the four people with him, they all got off. And when he went to get up, when it bounced, it broke his back. Oh, gosh. So paralyzed. So not only 60% of his body burnt, face and everything, now he's paralyzed in a wheelchair. And so then that's when he come up, you know, years later, he wrote his book. It's not what ma- what happens to you. It's what you do about it. So, it's so if you get a chance to grab him, catch some of his stuff. W Mitchell YouTube. Anything else you read? And also, um, you, you, I would encourage my podcast, but you don't have to go to mine. Uh, I mean, I like sharing people out. Mm-hmm. But um, Jenny Burton, she was on mine. She's episode one seventy six. Jenny mm-hmm. Burton. She was, she has 17 felonies from drug abuse, drug addiction, prostitution, whatever else. And she finally woke up, cleaned up, went back to school, got a degree, was working on her master's. And now she helps other people, uh, been locked up or whatnot, to get out and have a good life. But yeah, okay. seventeen felonies before. And if you go look her up, Jenny Burton, and see the before and after pictures when she was addicted and everything, the way she looked uh, healthy now. Yeah. So the, when you're talking about you know staying in the past and hard to move on, we self medicate, self drug or whatever. And yeah, she fine. And she, I just uh, was listening to another podcast she was on, and she was thinking the judge that loved her so much to lock her up, the police that uh, loved uh, thought so much of her that they arrested her. Uh, you know, she's thinking all these people, even though it took 17 felonies and how many years, it finally, you know, brought home and she straightened out. So That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that sounds like something right up my alley. I would love to listen to that. So uh, 176 on my podcast, but if you don't want to catch mine, you can go... Again, I like sharing the glory, sharing the wealth out, but uh, um, and W. Mitchell. So I think you you would like uh, both of them uh, okay. as as an example for you. And, and, and don't get me wrong, from what I've met of you, I think you're doing great. It may have only been three, four, two years 
as you've been meeting with your therapist. And if that's the truth and coming through, you have truly come a long way in a short amount of time, it looks like. Again, I, I enjoy looking at your smile, your glowing, and wanting to help other people. Uh, I, that's one reason we're on this big ball of earth is to help the next person, okay, yeah. and to pay it forward. And again, you may or may not know when you're helping someone, but you got to trust the system that you are. And the more podcast, the more stuff that you do to get out there, the better opportunity you're going to have to help many, many people. Thank you, James. I, that means a lot to me. I appreciate so, that. Well, Mitch, I'm glad we got to meet here and everything. So, hey, go ahead and uh, tell anybody your website, social medias. I know we mentioned earlier before we got started here that you're in the process of making a course and uh, writing your book. And so I encourage you to finish that up uh, from there. Um, all right. So if you want to tell me about how to get out of you and uh, mention your ebooks and stuff like that you, to help them out. Yeah, thank you. So I uh, write a lot about these subjects um, and I've actually created a mini ebook where um, I talk about the five habits, the five daily habits that I use to um, not just manage anxiety and depression and mental health, but really use it to your advantage, conquer them, really um, dig deep and use the momentum for good. And I created a free ebook around that that people can go and download on my website by subscribing to my newsletter. And what happens is they get updates from my blog where I talk about all these things that we've talked about during um, on this podcast. And I tend to really include like research and kind of go deep on the references and such. Um, so there's a lot of good stuff there. And people on the news list will also be kept up to date about my upcoming book, um, which I'm planning to write soon. And then also um, the course I'll be doing um, as well as any other opportunities. And, you know, they can follow me on social media as well. I have an Instagram uh, the debug life. So my website is just the debug uh, where the blog and such lives. And then my social media uh, Instagram handles the debug life. And I post like all sorts of silly things there about my dogs. They're, they're husky. So they're kind of nuts. And uh, I show things about like my morning routine, about the activities I'm up to uh, like climbing and surfing and just kind of showing people like, Hey, you know, these are all the things you can do in life. And uh, also sharing the bad stuff, you know, when I'm not having great days. Um, so I encourage anyone to reach out, you know, if they want to talk to someone or kind of want to start this journey or do something like, please do send me a message. I love talking to people about these sorts of things and, uh, I'm, I'm here for anyone that needs it. And for the ones listening, uh, I'm sure if you go through and Google search Mitch Hankins, H-A-N-K-I-N-S, and that'll lead you to where you need to go in most places. And I'll, uh, I'll put uh, some links down in the show notes to help people, when they find this to help go find you as well, just click on the links and move on. So, all right, Thank Mitch, you. appreciate everything you've been here. And uh, I'm glad we got to meet. I'm glad, I'm glad that I'm sorry for everything that's grown up and happening. And we all have our own stories and that growing up. Okay. Yes. Uh, but I'm very glad I've got to see the new and improved you. Thank you. And it was amazing to talk to you. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your words. It, um, it really helped me show up. Thank you. Hey, just remember, it's uh, throwing in my two cents with the inflation. It's a nickel. It's a nickel. <laughs> but, it's, but, it's, but it's still only valued at two cents, even though it costs more. So uh, <laughs> yeah, That's right. There you go. All right, uh, hey, Mitch, we know there's people hurting and struggling today. And if you can leave us with a positive message to help us get through today, that would be uh, a blessing. Absolutely. I would say to anyone 
listening to this, remember that you're already perfect. You're receiving all these messages through advertising, through well-meaning adults or other people that you have a lack, that you aren't good enough in some way, but you are already perfect the way you are right now. And if there's a change that you want to make in your life, don't get too obsessed with the result. Don't feel too overwhelmed. Just take the smallest step that you can take and learn to learn to really love yourself and trust yourself. And you will be able to show up entirely different in life. Amen. If you can't love yourself, how can you expect someone else to? Yes. So, all right. And also, if you decide to make any changes in life, and mine is to cut down on banana splits. I need to lose a couple of pounds, especially on this holiday stuff going on. But um, do it because you want to, not because yeah. someone else is pushing you into it. I love that. You hate yourself by doing what they want, even though you don't want to. So, yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, do it because you want to. All right, Mitch, thank you for coming on. Everybody else, hey, share us out to someone that can use the big bright in their life right at the moment here and get in here and look into uh, Mitch's smile and the glow on his face that he's knowing that he's going to be helping you and others. So I'm Dr. James Purdue, the Professor of Perseverance. Thank you for coming on. The Professor of Perseverance podcast. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.